0: Sound great, okay. actually, yeah, to me. you should be fine. Um, as long as you just don't pick up your computer and
1: shake it like violently, you know. I do tend to do that, so I'm glad you <laughs> warned me.
0: It's harder for some, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I heard of this one podcast host that was just awful. <laughs> it's me. It's you. Ooh, cool. Are you ready? Are you recording? Um, did we need some water? Let's get some water. Really, let's hydrate our let's hydrate <laughs> our bodies. We all have these giant thermos. (laughs) Water is so important. Welcome back to the Selfie Sisters.
2: I'm Mackenzie. I'm Sage. And today we have a very special guest, Amanda Baruki, women's health coach, here to talk to us about women's uh, health and women's cycles. Hi, Amanda. Hello.
1: Hello. Thank you for joining us. So excited to be here. Awesome.
2: So Sage actually knows Amanda from way back in the coffee shop, and I'll let them talk a little bit about that. But oh. we are so excited to have you on to talk a little bit about women's health and debunk some, you know, common misconceptions about women's health, and just just help the women in our lives do a little better.
0: Yeah, cool. that's so my motto:
2: do better, do better. <laughs> your motto. Do it uh, again, but do it better.
0: Do it better this time. <laughs> how many Amanda? How many years have we known each other?
1: uh how many years have we really I would say eight eight okay I I think we're going I think eight
0: yeah so I have known Amanda for the better part of a decade we will go with and I met Amanda in Durango when Taylor and I were opening our coffee shop and eventually she came in once we were open and asked us for a job and yeah we hired her pretty much I think on the spot Amanda I don't remember if we tried to play it cool but we were like yeah we're definitely hiring that woman (laughs) I mean I think I was 25 ish 26 maybe at the time and she worked for us for three three years right I don't even remember somewhere in there yeah And, um, anyways, we had some differences in the end (laughs) and, um, I'm not sure how you feel about me just flat out saying we had to let you go. What happened? What happened there? I'm on team Amanda.
1: Oh, shit. Okay. Um. I don't
0: think
1: you would have been on team Amanda if you'd have had to work with me. Amazing. Such a good, yeah. And that's just,
0: yeah. And, um, anyways, like a little while later, we were able to repatch our friendship and ever since, I think we've been, yeah, we've been great friends, and this last year, we've actually gotten a lot closer, and Amanda has been on, and she'll kind of talk about this, I'm sure, but she's been on, like, her own personal women's health journey in the last, like, you know, two years, and really just taking charge of her own health, and her cycle health, and she came to my house last winter, and we had a conversation about it, Um, and I think she's the first person that ever, like, made me intrigued about my cycle. Like, up until that conversation, I only ever thought of my my bleed or my period as, like, this awful time every month that I didn't understand, like, what the fuck was happening, right? <laughs> like, I just had, like, no concept of any of it. And she really, like, spiked my interest. And then later she asked if she could coach me. Um, and I was like, absolutely, I'm on board. And we've been working together now for six, seven months. I don't even know. Um, and I've been charting my cycles with her and we've been having calls and my overall health has improved tremendously. My cycle health has improved tremendously. Like I feel really good and, um, it's been like absolutely empowering and life-changing. So I am super excited to introduce Amanda Baruki. (laughs) <laughs> Is it Baruki? I've always called you Baruki this FYI. We've uh, always
1: called us Baruki until someone from the eastern block told me that it's actually pronounced Baruki.
0: <laughs> well, no matter what, uh we're super excited to have you here. So thanks for being our first guest on the Salty Sisters show.
1: I feel honored to be your first guest and I'm a big fan. I've listened to every single one like the day it comes out. <laughs>
0: Hell yes. thank you. (laughs) We appreciate it so much. Um, So do you want to just start by telling us a little bit about your personal story with, you know, women's health and kind of how you got onto this path of women's health coaching that you're now on?
1: Yeah. uh, Where do I start? (laughs) I guess like a quick just kind of synopsis of where I came from. I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when I was 20 years old, that was 16 years ago, and that kind of sent me on the trajectory of health just in and of itself, Mm -hmm. so that sent me on this whole path. I ended up connecting (laughs) with your brother years ago. Who introduced me to a different way of eating that was really helpful for my health. And it just kind of set me on this trajectory. And I've bounced around trying to figure out what my interest and like and role is in that world. And so I coached fitness for a really long time. I've done a little bit of nutrition coaching and I've run into some walls like there's just some limits to some of the stuff that I was doing and so then really what led me into women specific is when I realized that after 10 years of thinking I didn't want any children decided that that actually wasn't true I do want children and my cycles were a train wreck Mm -hmm. yikes So I have spent about two and a half years really focusing in on my cycle, specifically trying to do different things and getting it back into a rhythm. And I've spent the last 15-ish months trying to conceive. And so there's just been a lot wrapped up in that. And really, that just sent me down into the women's health rabbit hole of which you could go so deep into regarding the menstrual cycle regarding pregnancy regarding labor and delivery i mean you could just get lost in there for the rest of your life and that's where i've been (laughs) (laughs) and i'm continuing to be until further notice
2: definitely (laughs) yeah so do you think that most women their cycles are a total mess because we're not actually taught about them. Like how are you how are you meant to know that your cycle is not normal? It's a nightmare situation. Yeah,
1: so I do think that a better part of women have really like really messed up cycles mostly because we don't know at all, right? You know, this information that I've learned in the last year, year and a half is stuff that I sh- we, we all should have learned when we were 11, 12 years old, like even before we started bleeding, to prepare us for it. And I've been bleeding for 24 years at this point. And it's like really infuriating to learn it all now and exciting yeah. and interesting. And I'm, I have gratitude for the fact that I am even finding out now. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, a lot of things would be a lot different if young women were taught – what the menstrual cycle is, why it's important for your health, why it's important for mm-hmm. your mental, emotional, and spiritual health, why, you know, or how to, to chart the cycles, what just, you know, what to pay attention to, when are you actually fertile and not, you know, those things are really empowering. And I don't know that many women who know that information right now. I'm gonna be honest like I don't know that information Sage
2: keeps telling me these phases and I'm like I don't know what (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about
0: well and even when you know when uh, Amanda and I had our initial conversation I actually I thought up until that point that my cycle was only six days long I legitimately had no idea that our cycle is actually like this like 27 to 31 day you know crazy cyclical thing that's you know going on i was like what do you mean like i thought it was just five days every month but it's not like crazy
2: i feel like we're unlocking the chamber of secrets (laughs) did you know that Kins? no i'm like why would i know that my women's tongue was like um, your home runs are going to go crazy and you're going to be kind of a bitch. I mean, they didn't use that word because I was in fifth
0: grade. You know, they said like, you're going to be cranky. Ugh. Inconsolable. Yeah, inconsolable. <laughs> yeah. And then you're going to just take a tampon and shove it up there. And, you know, you might have some discomfort. And don't, <laughs> no, tell, no.
1: don't tell anyone that you're on your period. No, nope, right. because secret. that's secret. Yeah. Yeah, there's a real um, shame culture around it. And it's there's a huge shame culture around it. There's a lot of layers, like the 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 layers and the depths of what is very messed up regarding all of this. It's just it's so much, and I do have a lot of interest and desire to like teach, yeah, teenagers, adolescents, like both boys and girls. Yep. what is going on like why you know what's happening why is it important In empowering them early on yeah. so for
0: everyone who just is listening right now and up until minutes moments ago thought your cycle was only five days long <laughs> you want to like kind of break down what the fuck a women's cycle even is yeah. and what's going on with all of that
1: cool yeah menstrual cycle 101 amazing yes. I love it okay so, see how quick I can do this. Got it. So, menstrual cycle, the whole, honestly, I think it can be really confusing to call it the menstrual cycle because menstruation is only the bleed and the cycle has three other phases. But we'll go with menstrual cycle because that's what everybody knows. So, anywhere, it can last anywhere from 21 to 50 days, like depending on the woman and what's going on, um, a more healthy cycle would be anywhere in the like 28 to 32 day range. And that normal range, healthy range is going to be subject to who you're talking to. But a women's cycle is actually really connected with the lunar cycle. And the lunar cycle is about 29 and a half days. And so, To me, the optimal cycle length would be 29 and a half days, give or take a couple on either side. Okay, so what's happening in that time is you start your count your first day on the first day that you bleed. That's day one of your cycle. And so you're going to bleed anywhere from three to seven days, depending on what's going on. And then you transition into what's called the follicular phase or the pre-ovulatory phase. Those are kind of used interchangeably. And so then that lasts for about a week, maybe 10 days. Kind of depends on how long your total cycle is. And then you hit ovulation. And ovulation happens for about 12 to 24 hours. It's really quite quick. That's and it. then, yeah, yeah, it's very quick. And then you enter the luteal phase or the post-ovulatory phase, and that can last anywhere from 12 to 16 days. That's the normal optimal range. So then, like, what's happening during those phases is you, you're bleeding, and the actual bleed is the shedding of the uterine lighting. So that's, that's what's actually happening during the bleed. And then after that, you have this ramp up of estrogen and another hormone that are preparing your body for ovulation. And so estrogen actually helps to build the uterine lining. That's, that's one of its jobs. And then you hit ovulation and the egg gets released and then it comes down the fallopian tube from the ovary and if it does not get fertilized then you have the shedding of the uterine lining and so then you'll enter a bleed again and then if it does get fertilized then that begins pregnancy and so every single month you're going through this cycle so your estrogen rises before Mm -hmm. ovulation and then after ovulation it plummets and your progesterone goes up And so there's this, and there's other hormones involved, but it's this very like symbiotic dance that's happening where like the levels are going up and down in this really beautiful way to support wherever it is that you are in your cycle. And it's preparing every month, your body is preparing you for pregnancy. And ultimately more often than not, we're not pregnant. And so we're having that shedding of the lining. Wow, that's fun, isn't it? It is. (laughs) And there's, you know, that's the physical portion. And then, you know, there's, we could talk for an entire podcast just on the phases of the cycle alone. But I'll stop there and just see how that lands and if any questions arise from that. I have some questions. Yes.
2: So if you were younger and you took birth control that was hormonal based, do you think that would impact the amount of estrogen you could create if you come off birth control?
1: This is a lovely question. Thank you. So this is a big thing that a lot of women don't know. So if you're on any sort of, they, you know, we're calling it a hormonal birth control, but it's they're really not hormones, they're synthetic. They right. do not operate the same way in your body as your actual hormones. So if you're on any sort of contraceptive that has hormones, synthetic hormones in it, it is suppressing your menstrual cycle. They don't all do that. Some of them, like some of the more newer ones, the Marina IUD and some progestin-based pills and different ones they are working in a little bit of a different way so some of them allow you to ovulate still but a lot of them suppress ovulation entirely and so what is happening is they're literally just shutting down your entire menstrual cycle it doesn't exist they're just like flipping the switch off and leaving it off for however long you're on birth control and so when you're on it you're not producing like your body isn't producing those hormones and it's not working in this in this normal fashion at all, because you've literally just hit the off switch. And so when you turn it back on, so you stop taking birth control, I mean, it's super variable depending on the person, like you should start to produce estrogen again. Oftentimes, it's going to affect how that system operates, because it's been lying dormant for however long. And the longer you're on it, the harder it's going to be most of the time for your body to readjust and then it also depends on why you went on it to begin with there's actually a statistic that i read that said 58 percent of american women are put on birth control for other reasons besides preventing pregnancy and so there's a lot of things that you'll get put on the pill to fix your period but it's actually not fixing anything. It's just shutting it down, putting a bandaid over it, like muffling it quiet. like, let's just bury it over here. And then as soon as you stop taking the pill or whatever it is that you're taking, all those problems come back. Plus maybe some new ones that the pill suppressed. So it's not a really super easy answer that, you know, you will just go, produce the same amount of estrogen. Like it's going to depend on a lot of variables. Often it, it's not, really that easy to get back to normal whenever you stop. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's an indictment on the current state of our healthcare system, I think, because we actually don't study women's health very closely, and the testing on a lot of a lot of drugs, etc., are not done completely on a, a large swath of females.
1: It's a nightmare. Yeah, yeah and you know, I really believe that pharma has a lot of control over, you know, what gets what gets no no comment (laughs) that I know, I know. It just, it isn't in the best interest of, uh, of the drug companies to teach us how to manage our own cycles. (laughs) It is not in their best interest. No. (laughs) So we'll just pretend for a minute that you don't do what you do.
2: Okay. Oh, I don't work for pharma, but you know, it's,
1: yeah.
0: So I have a question about ovulation because this came up recently with some people. Even if you're not trying to conceive, is it still important that you ovulate each cycle? Yes.
1: Yes, it is. Why? Okay, so first it's disrupting that cycle. And so if you're not if you're not going through that cycle every month, then it's disrupting. And so the rhythm is gonna is gonna be it's like a domino effect. So if you're not ovulating, then you're not gonna be bleeding, and then you're not gonna be preparing your body again for ovulation. And so it just like it just kind of disrupts the whole mm-hmm. process. So that's kind of a more broad thing. And then if we go into like ovulation itself, will help to stimulate the production of estrogen and progesterone moving forward and so you know that's really important for your cycle health in general because if you're not having that beautiful dance of estrogen and progesterone throughout your cycle then that's going to cause issues with your cycle itself which you know if you're not wanting to get pregnant that may seem really great or it may not bother you however if we want to look long term your estrogen is actually also really important for other things. So it's really important for your heart health, your blood vessels, and your progesterone is really good at preventing breast and uterine cancers. And so there's there's that preventative effect. And then also both of them combined are really important for your brain health overall and for your bone health. So there's a huge link actually between lack of ovulation and osteoporosis mm-hmm. over time. Wow. 20- so those are things that aren't getting talked about. Like why is it important outside of the fact that, you know, it disrupts your cycle? Because as a woman who doesn't want to get pregnant, obviously that would be less of a of a big deal, but it does affect us long term because it's mm-hmm. it's again it's disrupting that natural rhythm and it doesn't matter what you disrupt in your body everything's connected to everything like there's no such thing as just like shutting down one piece of your body and expecting that it's not going to affect our bone health our heart health our brain health right you know it's, it's all connected and so you know there's probably more that we just don't know because as you just said we're not being studied yeah, so we don't know all of the long-term implications but I know there is evidence currently and there is stuff coming out that there is correlation long term with that, with overall health besides just the cycle alone. That's so crazy. I can't even believe that. And, you know, all, all the hormones are connected to all the hormones. Mm-hmm. So if yeah. you have an imbalance, it doesn't even matter if you're a man or a woman. Like if you have an imbalance in one hormone it will affect all of the others. Mm -hmm. And so the imbalance of estrogen and progesterone are gonna then affect your insulin and they're gonna affect everything else too, down Mm -hmm. the line. Your thyroid, they're all connected.
0: Right, do you have a question, kids? So how are
2: women meant to identify that they're having an issue with their cycle
1: and need to work on it? Mm -hmm. There's many different things. So, you know, the, the really easy one is PMS, you know, that, that thing that, that everyone is associating as this negative thing about having your period, you know, we might get irritable, we might have cravings, maybe we're going to get headaches, migraines, there's all these things that we might experience that we leading up and, you know, those are not normal. Those what do you really, mean they're not normal? They're re- those really, <laughs> yeah, they shouldn't happen. So, you know, we could talk about the spiritual things that are happening in the different phases. And so there is, there is going to be some level of your emotions changing during the different phases of the cycle. But you should not be at a point where you're just like ready to chop somebody's head off. And, you know, progesterone, which is the, the hormone that's most prevalent in that second half of your cycle, is like the calm down hormone. So if you're getting really irritable and really anxious and really stressed out and really easily triggered, that's a really good indication that you're not producing an optimal level of progesterone. Okay. So that that's like the easy, easy one, because that's so many so many women have that issue, right? So then we go into the bleed itself. If you have super crazy heavy bleeding, like you're changing your powder tampon every hour, every couple hours for like seven days, that's not normal. So that's an indication that something's awry. Mm-hmm. If you're having really painful periods, that's also not normal. You should not be, like, curled into a ball, dying, can't function until you take, you know, 12 different pills and you're curled up with your heating pad, It's screaming. Like, that's not a thing that should happen. This is wild to me right now. I'm I'm just just watching her mind, like, explode. (laughs) (laughs) And... If you, you oftentimes the really painful periods and the really heavy periods are combined and that, that doesn't have to be the case. It often is, Mm -hmm. um, that can be an indication that you have too much estrogen if your periods are too light. So this is like, you know, the one that every woman loves like, oh, I only bleed for a day. Like I barely even need to put a tampon in, you know, Who does this now?
2: <laughs> get fucked with that. That's not fair. <laughs> maybe it's less common.
1: I don't really know it is a thing. So that's also not normal. So you should bleed, have like a really consistent flow for four days. minute like three at the at the minimum. Okay. And if you don't have very long of a bleed that can indicate you don't have enough estrogen. So there's there's these little things that can happen that are they're, they're signs to tell yeah. you you know what's going on. If you have irregular cycle lengths, so if like one day you have a 21 day cycle or one not one day but one cycle is 21 days then the next cycle is 35. Then the next cycle is 47. Then the next cycle is 28. If you're really consistently going all over the map, again, that's not normal. There's something going on. That's a signal that mm-hmm. something isn't optimal or multiple things isn't optimal. If you have spotting before your bleed or after your bleed, that's also not normal. That was me, right? Five, like five days prior yeah. I would spot and now I do not. Adelines. Five days of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, Another one, low libido, low sex drive. Yeah. Absolutely. Not normal. Yeah. <laughs> what? Common misconception, y'all. Women have a really high sex drive. We need to tap into <laughs> this. Let's just debunk that myth right now. Hell, yes.
0: Let's do it. So we are supposed to be doing it all the time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so when that's not there... That's not normal. <laughs> Something's gone awry. <laughs> so there's a there's a list. There's a lot of different things that can happen that we know culturally as like normal. Those are just normal yeah. things that women experience. And oh, let's just take birth control and we'll just slap a band aid on it and pretend it doesn't exist. Yeah. And that's so sad because none of those things are normal and all of them can be fixed.
0: Yeah can you give us kind of just a sneak peek of how, like what your process is, you know, kind of what you and I have been doing together for these months Mm -hmm. and how you work through some of these um, symptoms or issues.
1: So fertility awareness method is an amazing thing that we should have all learned when we were 12. Yeah. And that is the process of charting your cycles. And so... What that looks like, there's there's a couple different methods out there. Uh, what we've been using is a symptothermal method, and so it's the combination of testing your basal body temperature very first thing in the morning before you get out of bed, and then also checking your cervical mucus, and an optional one is checking your cervical position, and so. Those are the three signs that we're looking at over the course of your cycle. And there's apps that can track it. There's paper charts. I just really like paper charts because they're tangible and they're right in front of my face and they're not on this itty bitty little screen. But it, it gives you this map of what's happening throughout your cycle. And so you get to the end of your cycle and you get to look at this chart of your temperatures and you get to look at these different things that you've been paying attention to and tracking, you know, and and there's different things you can track that you can add in. So if you struggle with cramping, you could put cramps and then you'll mark on the chart that you had cramps that day. Or if you had migraines, you can mark what days you had migraines. So so the chart just it creates this map over time. And so if you look at one cycle, it doesn't give you a ton of information. But then you go and you chart your second cycle and then your third cycle and you just keep on that process. And so, Sage, I don't know, maybe you're on like six, five or six cycles. At least, yeah. Maybe seven. I can't remember. But, you know, so now we can we kind of have this this data that we can look at and we can go and we can see patterns of what's happening. When are there patterns that are happening symptoms that are occurring in the first half of the cycle, symptoms that are occurring in the second half of the cycle. We can see what the temperatures look like. Are they really low? Or are they really high? Why the temperature is important is because your temperature will shift after ovulation. And so once you get the rise of progesterone, your temperature will also rise. So that hormone is actually the progestation hormone. So it's basically... You, your body creating an incubator for a baby. That's that's its purpose. And so progesterone stays high all throughout pregnancy if you get pregnant. And so if those, if those temperatures aren't rising, if you don't see that rise in temperature, or if there's just a very small rise, then again, that can mean that you're not producing enough progesterone. Or if there's no rise at all, if your temperature just stays the same, then that means you did not ovulate that cycle. And so there's a lot that you can gather, there's so much data that you can gather from looking at a chart. So you can, you can tell if a woman is having thyroid issues from looking at the chart. You can tell if a woman has got high or low progesterone. You can tell if a woman has high or low estrogen. You can tell if a woman may be struggling with PCOS or endometriosis you know, like it is showing so much data. It's insane. And I've only even scratched the surface of what that data can show. Yeah. And what what can we do about it when we see what's mm-hmm. out of balance? And so, you know, what I, I've been working with Sage to do that. And I'm about to start a program that's gonna dive really deep into just charting alone and how to interpret. All of those abnormal things and then what to do about it when you see it. And so, you know, the first thing, you know, working with a client would be getting, you know, intro questionnaires, you know, just kind of a baseline awareness of what is your health like overall, not just your menstrual health, but everything. And then teaching how to chart the cycle and teaching the basics of why that's important. And then over time using that data and determining what the data is telling us and then what do we need to do about it. Yeah.
0: And then it's really empowering too because once you're charting, you can see what your cycle looks like, right? Like time after time, it's really cool. And then also for me, it's been really cool because I can tell if, I'm, I've, if I've ovulated and then I can also tell when I am fertile and not fertile, which has been amazing for birth control. Because you don't need to use, you know, I guess
1: a what would you call it? What do you call it? A barrier method. Yeah, or you don't need hormonal a, yeah. contraception. Yeah,
0: you don't need or- a barrier method every single time if you're not actually fertile, which is something that nobody ever bothered to tell me my whole life. Amanda's the first person to ever tell me that. And I feel empowered enough now to trust myself and trust my cycle to know when I can get pregnant and when I can't. And it's awesome. So that alone should be enough motivation for many of you. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So I'm glad you brought that up. Mackenzie, I have a question for you. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. How many days in a woman's cycle is she fertile? Oh, I think I
2: just recently saw a
1: TikTok about this. And I think it said (laughs) two to four. Close. Close. Uh, Up to about six. Oh.
2: Well, I really didn't listen so, to the TikTok then.
1: So now, now, okay, actually, let me be really clear. A woman is only fertile for about 12 to 24 hours, actually, while she's ovulating. The combination of male and female fertility creates a window of about six days at most. Oh, that makes sense. So the reason that's the case is because one of the things that we're tracking when charting is the cervical mucus. So the pH of the vagina is not conducive for the survival of sperm. It's too acidic. And so what will happen is once you're approaching ovulation, your body will create this very specific type of mucus that has a more alkaline pH that's more sticky, that can house the sperm for up to five days. So sperm can live up to five days. And so depending on how many days you're producing that mucus prior to ovulation will determine that total window. So if you're producing that fertile mucus five days before ovulation, and sperm can live for five days, then it's gonna stay in there that whole time just swimming around, hanging out, Ugh. waiting for an egg. And so then as soon as you... it just sounds so predatorial. <laughs> it is really predatorial, you're right. Like,
2: oh my God. that's just... And they say, you know, our cycles are gross. That's yeah. right.
1: So <laughs> as soon as you ovulate, then that all changes. It goes back. The pH goes back to where you, sperm cannot live anymore. And so if you think here... Let's say you have a 30 day cycle and you can actually only get pregnant. Well, you can only get pregnant for like a 12 to 24 hour window, but you're fertile for six days out of 30. Yet you're so fearful of having sex throughout that whole 30 days that you're A, using a barrier method like a condom or you're on hormonal birth control because you have that same fear and meanwhile like most of that time you're not even it's not even possible to get pregnant so you can imagine how that might affect your sex life yeah right we all know like that's there's a lot of ways that that can really affect so it it opens up this like amazing amount of freedom and power because all of a sudden we're like oh I can check these symptoms on my own and I can know these are the days that I'm fertile. And so I can choose from a very empowered standpoint, either to not have sex at all or to then use whatever barrier method if I so desire. And so it just, it creates so much awareness and knowledge that we can then use for empowerment rather than just living in this constant state of fear of, constant state of fear that i had for a long time of oh dear god i'm gonna get pregnant at any second you know <laughs> and it actually turns out it's not that easy to get pregnant they
2: do teach it like that like you're every day of your life you're just going to be dodging pregnancy yeah. like, like like if someone
1: wrong,
0: he looked at me i think i'm pregnant for
1: fuck's pregnant. sake oh my god yeah and it's just not real and i a lot most women and men don't know that that's the case Mm -hmm. you know like it's a really small window really really small Mm -hmm. to be extra super super clear to
0: all you listeners please do not go just like pull the goalie you know like please understand (laughs) that like this is something that is with like training and knowledge and research and practice like I have worked with a coach to be able to read my charts and to understand when I am fertile and when I am not so like please don't just like go thinking you're not fertile ever
1: um just like educate yourself you know that is a great disclaimer thank you for putting you're that so in. welcome <laughs> um, I don't want you you know I don't want that drama you know the first step <laughs> you- if you're if you're interested in charting your cycles is to not change anything that you're doing with contraception yeah Is just chart your cycles yeah and just get used to that and really the best way you can educate yourself on that is by buying the book Taking charge of your fertility by Tony Weschler. Okay. That's absolutely step number one. And then if you want to use it as contraception, like Sage just said, you're gonna wanna work with somebody who knows how to really teach you properly, make sure you know what's going on, teach you the rules. Like there's a lot to it. But once you get the once you get it and understand it, it's very easy. Yeah. But you don't, you don't want to just make that jump. For sure. High risk.
2: Yeah. If you do make that high risk jump and you end up with a baby, you can name it after us. (laughs) (laughs) my God. You're welcome. Yeah. I just want to make a disclaimer about the apps. Um, If you're going to use a a period tracking app, you need to really read into the data that is going to share and make sure that it's not just going to sell your data off because the US in particular has a hard time holding on to your your data. So maybe do it a different way. (laughs)
1: Um, also, I'll add another piggyback disclaimer <laughs> if you're using an app that isn't that's just guessing when you're ovulating, it's almost always gonna be wrong, yeah, so don't think that that's gonna be accurate,
2: yeah, maybe do it by hand for a little bit. it seems
1: yeah better,
0: yeah, um, so I wonder so another thing that really blew my mind when I started working with you is you started to explain and talk to me about these different phases of the cycle and kind of more, like, on a spiritual level, you know, some of the things that are going on. And I think that that really brought, like, a lot of enlightenment to me personally. Um, So, like, for example, um, when we are, you know, prior to our bleed, are we just crazy? Or, like, what the fuck's actually happening there? You know, like, (laughs) can you kind of like summarize that a little bit? Give a little insight. Yeah. Cool.
1: Yeah. So, so the charting is kind of the physical, that's like a really objective, tangible, physical thing that we can track. And then you have the mental, emotional, spiritual, like what's going on with me in my psyche, in my emotional state, what is, what's happening during my cycle? And so the easiest way to talk about the four phases is to liken them to the seasons. And so when you're bleeding, that's gonna be your winter. So if you think about what's happening during the winter, you tend to wanna be more withdrawn, you know? You tend to wanna be more isolated, time to yourself. You wanna kind of bundle up and be warm and nurture yourself with, you know, warm soups and broths, like, you know, that's what we tend to want to do in the winter. And that's going to be what your body is wanting during your bleed is to go inward, to spend time focusing on yourself, to nourish your body, to be warm, and to just allow what happens to happen. Then what comes after winter is you're transitioning into the fall. And so that first phase, <clears throat> I'm sorry, obviously that's wrong. I was uh, like, uh, that really? After you come out of winter is obviously springtime. That's why
0: we're all so fucked and up.
1: <laughs> we're all moving backwards for ages, y'all. <laughs> y'all got it all wrong. Fall comes after winter. So. No. Spring comes after winter. Okay. So so that's whenever you're, like, starting to emerge. And so you may start to have a little bit more energy. You may start to want to go outdoors a little bit, you know? It's like when this little, like, growth is starting to happen, like, little buds are sprouting. So, you know, maybe you, like, had some ideas of things you wanted to do during the winter time, but you just didn't have the energy to do it. And then springtime, you're like, okay, now, like, I'm planting the seeds and... The things that I might want to do are kind of starting to blossom up, right? And so you're starting to get a little bit more energy. You're starting to move through and out of that hibernation, if you will. And then you transition into the summer, and that's ovulation. And so that's going to be your, like, peak energy. That's when you have the most motivation, you have the most energy you could conquer the damn world you can multitask Mm -hmm. like a boss like you could do anything like nothing is going to stand in your way because you've just got all the energy in the world you know the days are long the sun is out it's amazing and so all the things that you maybe were thinking about over the winter and you planted the seeds in the spring and then in the summer that's all blossoming you're getting to see the fruits of that and then you transition into the fall, which comes <laughs> after summer. And that's when you're starting to think about going inward again, you know? Like you're starting to just reflect. Like, oh, the summer is over. What what did I accomplish? What did I not accomplish that I wanted to? And you kind of like go into this like self-reflection. And so often what can happen when we go into self-reflection is our inner critic comes out. Oh, I hate that. And so the inner critic comes out and is like, well, you know, you had all of these ideas of what you wanted to accomplish during the summertime, right? Like you had this and that, and you like, you know, go down the list. And then you're like, what did you accomplish? And you're like, Oh, I actually, I didn't come. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. You start like just hammering down on yourself about all the things you didn't do. And so it, it creates this really interesting emotional conversation with yourself because you're self-reflecting, you're recognizing the things that you didn't do. And it's so much easier to focus on those than the things we did and your inner critic. And so it's this kind of conversation and, you know, that can make us a little bit emotional, right? Like that's going to weigh a little bit heavier on us. We're going to have a little bit of difficulty accepting ourselves and, So that's kind of the natural like process. Now, it shouldn't be super dramatic. You know, you shouldn't be, again, like going crazy and biting everybody's heads off. But you are going to have that reflection. Mm -hmm. And so what can be really useful is to just really sit with yourself like during that time and take in what's happening, what's going through my mind, like what am I feeling? Maybe you could journal it and get a handle on like what what are you, what are you thinking about? What are you questioning? Like, why are you so upset with yourself? Like, and just sit with it because it's coming up for a reason and it's not to like beat yourself up and to tell you you're a bad person. It's just to show you what's going on to give you, it's just giving you information. And so what are you going to do with that information? And then you can take that into your winter again during your bleed and figure out, what do you want to what do you want to do moving forward and so it's this constant like rhythm that you're going through in these different phases and so you know we go like we go we know what it's like to change seasons you know we we all grew up in colorado which has four seasons and so we know what that transition feels like
0: mm-hmm. and
1: our cycles are so 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 similar mm-hmm. so similar and so it's really you know, it's not a time to be hard on ourselves. It's just a time to like step back and just reflect like what is going on Mm -hmm. and then have a conversation about why it's going on and what do we want to do differently the next go around? Because we get to go through this process every month. Yeah. So what we didn't accomplish, great news. We can do it the next round. Mm -hmm. You know, (laughs) we don't have to wait like a whole year, you know, we get to do it every month. And that's like one of the many really brilliant things that is having the menstrual cycle is like we get to go through this process of downloads and reflection and productivity and growth. It's like we we go through that like every 30 days or so, mm-hmm. right? And it's really beautiful. And it's a cleanse, you know? The blood is like this uterine cleanse. It's like a detox out of our body. Like we get, we get a lot of physical and mental emotional and spiritual detox throughout this process and the more that we can pay attention to each of those phases and know what is happening with ourselves during those phases the more we can like move with the flow of the wave rather than against it Mm -hmm. because it's there for us it's not to you know kick us down or throw us throw us down and (laughs) kick us like it's there for us and if we just learn to live within it, it's really empowering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. on a lot you of levels. Fight, you can't fight those big waves. You, you really can't. Well, you it's really like can't. it's so
0: crazy that women have this like insane built-in cycle and intuition to where like I was even reading this book Amanda just gave me, Wild Power, and it's it's a book all about tuning into these seasons of your cycle, and it talks about if you're going through a really big life decision and you're feeling just like a lot of things about it, you can actually like sit on it through a bleed. And often your bleed going through that cycle will reveal to you the correct path or answer that you're looking for. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like
1: that is crazy. Yeah. Your bleed is is the most spiritual time of the cycle. Yeah, And so that is the time that you're gonna get if you allow yourself the space that's when you're gonna get the most downloads, the, the most intuitive responses. Like you're gonna, you're very in tune with yourself and what is the best yeah. for you and for whatever it is that you're yeah. trying to do. And I just have to say, it made my heart so happy. <laughs> whatever, was it last week? Whenever I was talking to Sage about this program that I wanted to do and she sent me a message suggesting that if I'm not sure <laughs> that I just bleed on it and I was just like ah! <laughs> I love that. it made me so
0: I, you know seriously like eight months ago I seriously like my the thought of my period just was like oh I hate that I freaking hate it it sucks it's stupid whatever and now I seriously like the other day I told Taylor I was like don't you wish you had a cycle don't you <laughs> wish you could just bleed and like f- have this amazing release and you know don't you wish you had a woman's intuition because we are fucking boss and our cycles are actually so so powerful and it's no wonder they've tried to like oppress us you know like it's some powerful shit like you gotta I'm telling you you gotta get in on this y'all it's crazy so yeah. powerful yeah she, she's so. looking right at me through the camera <laughs> <laughs> I see you I see you too they over both there are. <laughs> <laughs> okay so I think we need to like start to narrow it down but I do the last Kinsey do you have any pressing questions for Amanda I'm sure you have many but no
2: that was really nice
0: okay like so the last thing I think is... I so, do like the answer, though, that, like, why don't you just bleed on it? <laughs> bleed on it. it's There's some <laughs> serious wisdom in that. But we don't you, know because we've never been told, you know? Can
2: you imagine saying that, like, in your work I would love but, like, to. Like, asking you a question uh, and you're like, I'm just going to take a beat and bleed on it. And I'll... I'm going to bleed you know. on
1: this and I'm oh, going to circle back. The times are coming, Mackenzie. Those times are in our future. Yeah, I
0: can't wait to see it. And that. it starts
1: with us doing it, saying it. Owning it and living in a world, in our own world, that is pushing back against what we have been taught for our entire lives. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. if we don't, then who's going to? Yeah, it's true. Love
0: that. Mm-hmm. The last thing I want to hit on is for all of the non-female identifying people listening. Um, perhaps you're a partner to somebody. You know, um, how can you? How can partners support women? Or, how can we support women more in this journey of a cycle?
1: So many good questions. I know. You're welcome. It is so beautiful if you are in a relationship to educate your partner about what is happening during the cycle on a physical level, on an emotional level. What is going on with you during that phase right before you start bleeding? You know, what is going through your mind? You know, it's really, really useful to talk to the partner what, about what you're experiencing, where you are in your cycle, and what needs do you have during each phase. And so something that I have suggested to sage and I think is really important, is to, you know, ask for a little bit more help in that phase right before bleeding and especially during the bleed. You know, what are your needs? What are your desires for that time? And can you ask your partner to support you, you know, maybe if you have kids or even if you don't, like what, what are the things that your partner can do, you know, like, can your partner watch the kids a little bit more often during that so that you can have some more time to just like reflect and, and be in your own space, you know, can they cook something a little bit more? Can they clean, you know, what are, what are your needs specifically? and ask for them. Mm -hmm. And if you have a really, truly supportive partner, you know, there's going to be this give and take because then you can say, okay, well, I really appreciate your support during this time. And, you know, when I'm in my spring and summer phases, I'm a boss, like I could do anything and everything. So I have a lot more energy to support you and to do the things that you need during that. So asking for what you need and being able to be clear about where you are and what you're capable of in each phase is gonna create such a, such a better relationship because you're communicating, the, the partner understands what's going on. They're not just like feeling you know blasted with whatever you're experiencing without knowing what's going on. And then you get the space that you need. And it's, it can be a really beautiful give and take scenario. And, you know, I've found my husband has been really excited to know just what's going on. Mm -hmm. Like, whoa, oh, what day are you on? Like, oh, what's going on? What's your temperature doing? Like, it's interesting to him because nobody ever taught him either. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's a lot, you know, it's going to be better for everyone involved, you know, because the man's going to know what your needs are in each phase. It's like, you know, we can't expect them to know our needs ever, but like, if we can be really clear about what our needs are during each phase, like, it's just gonna set everyone up for so much better success. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, Yeah, like, so something I do with Taylor and Asher is like, when I'm in my luteal phase, which is the phase before you bleed, I tell them, hey, I'm feeling like I've transitioned into my luteal phase. And they automatically know what that means. And they know I need more space and grace and time. Um, And Asher, even this last cycle, he like picked up something heavy for me and moved it. And he's like, mommy, I just moved that for you because I know you're in your luteal phase. Um, So,
1: (laughs) you know, and I was like,
0: oh, well, that's like really thoughtful. You know, like he's making that connection. And so it's really empowering to be able to like... Oh, raise a son in that way. Um, and you could too. Yeah. That's amazing. Cool. Ken's any more questions? No, I think that's
2: that's it. Amanda, how can we contact you? Uh,
1: you know, I don't have an Instagram. <laughs> Girl, you gotta get on that. I don't. I don't gotta.
2: <laughs> that's true. You don't have to do anything I do.
1: <laughs> I have a website. Beautiful. AmandaBaruki.com. And that has my contact info on it, and it has information about me and what I do. And I will be going and editing that to just tailor it a little bit more specifically to women's mm-hmm. work, because that's what I'm transitioning into. And so, yeah, that'll be changing, but it's up. Yeah. It's going. We will It exists. Amazing. We'll
0: put yeah. um, Amanda's website and her uh, email uh, link in the show notes for y'all. And uh, you Absolutely. can go over there, too. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Um, Amanda, do you have anything burning, desire, anything you have to say, you know, before we do our unpopular opinions?
1: Yes, I do. So we've mentioned two of the books, but Hmm. there's three books that I just recommend to all women. Read them, read them again, read them again, (laughs) because they're just, (laughs) they're gold. And there's a lot more that are gold that I'm sure I'm going to read and think those are the best. But at this time, the one I mentioned earlier, taking charge of your fertility. The one that Sage mentioned called wild power. And then another one is called the fifth vital sign. And so something that women are saying now, and, and even even some of the, the medical OBGYN licensing board, they're even saying that the menstrual cycle is, is a fifth vital sign because it is a really important metric for our health and so that book does a really good job of talking about why that's Mm -hmm. so important and a lot of different things that you can do to help with that great we'll link those three down beneath
0: the show notes for you guys perfect yeah and i just want to challenge you know any any anyone listening to this episode that has a cycle you know i think the biggest thing i would say is like try to come to a truce with yourself and with your cycle and maybe set aside the fact that you think it sucks because that's all you've ever been told and just maybe hear me when i say this shit is fucking powerful and um it can change your cycle in your life for the better like this thing that we're gonna do until we get through menopause you know like maybe we embrace it instead of just hating it right does that sound radical i don't know i mean i think it is (laughs) but like that's what I've learned, and that's that's the gift Amanda's given me, you know. So I'm giving it to you all, and you're welcome. Um, yeah, cool. <laughs> we we should move that to the start of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, bitches. No, just kidding. Um, are you ready for some unpopular opinions? Yes, uh-huh. Amanda, as our guest, would you like to start kick us off?
1: Yeah, I mean, I know you've been so excited since the beginning. Oh my god, we're on it's the been. edge of our seats. It's edgy. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> My unpopular opinion is that salad is the best breakfast
0: ever. Oh, that is really edgy. Oh, <laughs> I just, I, re- I respectfully disagree with you. <laughs> like, does it have salad? dressing? No. What about dressing? Does it have dressing on it?
1: I put olive oil. Oh God, Amanda. Carl. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes some apple cider vinegar.
0: You know what? Yeah. This is coming from the person that I still remember the day Amanda told me, like, hey, for a good dessert, you could try having a butternut squash after dinner versus, like, cake or pie. And I was like, the fuck I will. <laughs> like... I, You know what? I didn't know that about you,
2: Amanda. I'm, I'm surprised you're on our show. <laughs> like
0: sage takes dessert very seriously
1: (laughs) sage and i have been through a lot together more than i think i've ever been with a friend so
0: it's okay we've gotten through
1: it we can we can get through anything oh man i better not
0: to be fair who
1: are you betty
0: and here's the thing i don't know if amanda ever knew i actually tried it taylor and i like went home and we tried it and i was like you know what babe this isn't for me
1: Kudos to you for trying it. That's amazing. Almost any suggestion you
0: have made so many suggestions. I try them all. I'll probably have salad for breakfast tomorrow just to try it (laughs) and hate you every every bite. I'm not going to. Ken's, what's your unpopular opinion?
2: My unpopular opinion is that the you know we have the three main characters of Harry Potter, right? You have like Harry, Ron, and Hermione. But I think, actually, the true, like, hero is Neville Longbottom. Like, A, his body count is higher than anyone else during the war. B, he's the (laughs) one who actually kills Voldemort. Like, I don't understand why he is a fat character. He is the character to be. You are such a Harry Potter
0: head. We
2: watch it every Christmas, but now we watch it in July because Christmas is hot here. So it's (laughs) weird to be
0: watching Harry Potter during December. (laughs) Amanda, are you a Harry Potter fan?
1: I am a Harry Potter fan. Yeah? Do you agree with this? Um, I just don't think I have an opinion about this, actually.
0: <laughs> That's okay.
1: I do actually I th-
0: have a sneaking suspicion you're actually right, Kins. But I, I know I am. Oh. <laughs> I,
2: just, I don't even... I am right. <laughs> God. All
1: right. Mackenzie's unpopular opinion is actually fact. <laughs> it's actually a fact. I would love for
2: everyone to just see that and move on. Oh, I don't
0: know. You're playing with fire okay my unpopular opinion is that costco is the worst and i am just simply not interested in free samples nor do i trust them <laughs> so taylor and asher don't like they will eat like a full meal while we shop at costco and i just feel like it it just unnerves me so
1: oh i used to love those free samples when i was younger I would like live for those free samples. So of all the food that my parents would never buy me. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not into it. And, you <laughs> know, they have
2: uh they have Costco here and they set it up like an American style store, so it's like on the opposite side of like they sort of like flipped it to what an Australians used to and it's a nightmare situation. Like Everyone is just coming at you with their carts and the carts are too big and it's so stressful.
0: Yeah, Costco stresses me out. Like I sweat when I go.
2: Yeah, it's not worth
1: it. Cool.
0: All right, well, Amanda, thank you so much for coming on our show today. Thank you. We feel-
1: Thank you for having me. This is fun. Of course.
0: All right, well, till next time, Saltines. Saltines. All right. Bye. Okay, bye.